0: Ray, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it, brother. Um like you said earlier, hold on. My camera's slipping down like you said earlier, man. It's been it's been a long time in the making and you know, that's you know, been a been my fault um uh, primarily just because with COVID football season was a bit of a different monster now. Normally, football is a beast in itself and with COVID, man, we had extra meetings. Um, we were getting tested two and three times a week. We had kids that were getting close contacts because, you know, these are 18, 19, 20-year-old men. So, you know, most time when they get um, when they get close contact alerts or they get notified their close contact is from a girl, And, man, it's (laughs) – oh, my God, you're talking about a team of 65 on a college campus. So, we were getting this stuff all the time. So, kind of just threw everything off.
1: Yeah, man, this this COVID thing has thrown a true, true spanner in the works. But interesting that you kind of bring that up. So, I I know uh, because I I used to play rugby to a pretty high standard over here. So, I've got a lot of guys that, that still play to a very, very high standard and uh they've they've kind of just been allowed to go back to to full contact uh in sessions and stuff, so have you guys been in contact during all of this, or has this ha- has be bit has been like distance contact? Do you know what I mean
0: Oh no, like uh we actually played a uh, abbreviated season um we were uh slated to do seven games, but that got quickly uh bumped down to six because a few schools started, and COVID just you know. It was just it was just too much to deal with with the normal um, demands of football season. So a few teams just said, you know, we tried this, we don't like it, so we're out. And um, we ended up playing six games. Uh, We started out pretty good. We, um, I think, week two we won our game, and just that quick, bam, we had to sit down for fourteen days and. It, it it was rough, man. It was it was one of those seasons that um you know I know Juco coaches and you know Mississippi coaches are probably gonna talk about for a while because I know a lot of high schools they didn't even attempt to play. Yeah. And it's know, just it's, been it's, a logistical it's, it's, nightmare,
1: uh, hasn't it? From 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 start to finish it's been an absolute logistical nightmare for any college side to be able to play, no
0: matter where it is, man. No doubt. Yeah it's it's been crazy. And I couldn't imagine rugby. I mean, with rugby, at least with football, we've got on, um, you know, gear. Rugby, it's no gear, no nothing. It's Yeah. I, I couldn't Oh my god. It's, yeah, it's,
1: it's uh, it it's definitely definitely complicated. There's there's been a, a lot of well, they call it touch rugby, but if anyone's ever played touch rugby, they know that it doesn't stay touch rugby for very long because that Fifteen I'm, I'm, boisterous guys to start to uh start to get a little bit competitive, and in little to no time whatsoever, a touch goes straight into full contact.
0: <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, and no, that's just like anything, you know. If you're if you feel any type of you know if you have any type of competitive nature, it, it's gonna if you play spades, uno, phase ten. If you're competitive, it's going to come out. So-
1: oh, yeah, man. You know it's Christmas time. Monopoly always comes out. We know it always breaks down. Family gatherings, man. Everyone starts getting real nasty.
0: Yep, because eventually it's going to turn into the game where it starts as a family game, but it's going to eventually migrate to the more adult end. I know me. If I play Monopoly, even though it's play money, you know, hey, man, run me my money. And, you know. <laughs>
1: man it's uh, it's really interesting for for me to be able to get to speak to you like i always love it when i get the opportunity to speak to coaches that are also athletes and the dynamic in that how that works but what i really really love uh, about you is obviously you developed this passion for both lifting and football from a relatively young age you've been successful at it and you have kind of crafted your life around the aspect that you haven't ever given up on both of those passions. And I think that's quite (laughs) rare to see, especially in a a sport that's quite as demanding as powerlifting is, you know, it is a full-time job. Uh, And it's a heck of a job just by itself. Now you chuck work and stress and everything that comes with that on top of it, especially in sports, we know how crazy and erratic it can be. Like you said, trying to organize and orchestrate a team of 60 guys is just that's a minefield in and of itself so i i i love that you that you haven't given up on on either of these things and when you look back and you saw yourself kind of playing when you were uh, kind of in your college days did you ever think for a moment that this is where you would be now or what was your vision back then
0: when you were playing with everything Um, when I was actually a football player, when I was in college, man, I thought I was going to the league. Like, I was, I was pretty good. Um, I just didn't know the, I knew that you had to work hard to make it to the NFL. I knew that. But I didn't know the amount of that. I didn't know the level. I'm gonna say a level, the level of dedication you had to commit. Like I just thought, you know, if you're good, you know, the scouts are gonna come out and, you know, um, and they're gonna uh, they're gonna see, okay, he, he he can play football, and you know, and now that I'm a coach, and I've actually seen the other side of, you know, the whole scouting and living the life, you know, like now that I'm, and I I <clears throat> I basically use. I also use my power lifting because as, um, an example, and I said this to my wife the other day, um, I wish I was as dedicated then as I am now. Like, cause with my lifting, man, like just, just a small example yesterday, I got up at, I got up at eight o'clock. Um, I went to, I went, <clears throat> I worked for a little while. I took care of some schoolwork and I um I benched. No, I didn't bench. I did my accessory work first because um I knew that I was gonna be doing a heavier bench. But my wife she likes to work out in the afternoon because she'll she fast until like I think two o'clock. So uh-huh. she likes to go ahead and get her workout in before, you know, it just gets to the point where she's starving and she crashes. So I have to cut my workout in half. I have to work out twice. And sometimes I'll be walking at the gym at 9 o'clock. And if I just did my whole workout all together, you know, I'd be done in the afternoon. But, you know, it's just a thing that both of us are dedicated um, fitness heads. So I do what I got to do so she can get hers in. She does what she has to do so I can get mine in. And, um, you know, sometimes it sucks because it's it's almost like your whole day it revolves around getting food, getting rest so that you can go to the gym and you can get that second lift in. Like, as soon as I walk in, I eat, I um take care of my daughter. Me and her, we go take a nap. And, you know, I'm basically suiting up to go hit my second lift of the day. I just wish that I had that level of dedication when I was playing, you know, <clears throat> because, you know, when you're good at something, and you're ignorant to you know other things you know you you just you do what a teenager would do you know you you party you eat the wrong food you don't get enough rest but it don't matter because when i go on the football field i'm good you know i could do all this and still be good so now i just imagine if i eliminated all of the ignorance and i ate right i rest properly how good could i have been if I would have eliminated all the distractions and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but uh, you know, it just, it just makes you think, you know?
1: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. <clears throat> um, and I think, you know, it's a really interesting point that you bring up there because it's like, if, if you had that opportunity and you did that, We would, the world wouldn't have the Ray Williams that it has today. And like, I, it's going to sound really, really, really selfish of me to say this, but I think if you had done that, then I don't think powerlifting would be where it is right now. I don't think strength sports would be where it is right now. I think, yeah, that there is natural growth and natural inflation. But, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and, like, try and blow smoke up your ass. But you have done a tremendous, tremendous amount for the sport, man. And, yes, as, as much as you could have made racks and racks and racks playing in the NFL and you could live the the life that you, you know, you could ever dream of. Yeah, there are downsides. Yeah, we're seeing more and more now that the guys in the pro leagues are suffering bad with that CTE, man. And it's like, yeah, you're putting your body through a stress right now. but But... Unfortunately, those guys are literally putting their potential lives on the line. And I mean, I played sports, I played rugby to to a high standard. I trialed for England twice uh, under 16s, under 17s. I was in a professional academy from the the age of 13. Like, I know how intense it is. And shit happens on the playing field that you can never predict. You know, people get into rocks and malls and whatever and they get crushed and they snap their neck and they can never walk again. Freak things happen on the field. No doubt. And I think you know, yes, it probably would have been really, really cool for you to to go back and and kind of put all of that into it and become like the the greatest NFL player that had ever lived. But I think selfishly, I would choose choose a Ray Williams that we have today any day of the week uh, uh, over that because man, it's uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a roller coaster, and you're still to this day like wowing the masses do you know what i mean like how rare is that for someone to be in the game for the duration that you have and consistently consistently perform like i think
0: that's awesome dude. that's awesome and i agree i agree with you as well um me going through what i went through in college it humbled me and it also caused me to switch gears um to be more observant, to try to learn more, and um, I'm grateful for the person I am today. I thank God for the person I am today because um, I think if I would have gone to the NFL, I would have. And, and, and please don't don't I don't want to give the impression that I was some projected high draft pick who um, just filed up. No, 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 no. I, I played at a small one double school. I would, have, I would have to have had worked incredibly hard to even get a shot at the NFL. But what I'm saying is I would have got that shot if I would have eliminated the distractions. I don't want uh-huh. people to think that I was some high-profile guy. I, I, I wasn't that. I was somebody that would have to have worked my tail off. But I regress. Um, I love powerlifting, man. Um, and just – You know, being the fact that I can get up every day, um, go to the gym. And I've told my wife, man, sometimes I go to the gym, but I get, I I set my music, and I, you know, I just, I just play my, I, I play my music, and I just get lost. Like, I'll look up, and I'll been just finished my warm-ups and I've been in there hour and a half man just (laughs) just vibing you know like the gym is people don't understand like people look at the gym as a challenge or an obstacle I look at the gym as home you know um when I walk in you know and and I and I totally understand some people will never see it the gym how we see the gym they will never see it They, they, (laughs) they will only see the work that you have to put in to get that six pack, to get to get big traps, to get massive biceps or or whatever it is people do when they go to the gym. But with us when we walk in the gym, man, we see this is my opportunity to take off all my other hats. I don't have to be I don't have to be a coach in here, I don't have to be a father in here, I don't have to be anything else in here, but a lifter. I take all those hats off at the door and I just go in there and I just have fun, and that's the thing, man, like, until people learn to enjoy what they do, the gym will always be that place of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, like, it, it kills me sometimes when you look at some stuff, and, you know, you go to the gym, and you see skulls and crossbones, and, you know, like, bro, like, if that's how you see the gym, that's cool, that ain't how I see the gym this is fun to me and I'm going to, I'm going to do what I do in the gym until it's not fun no more. You know, just like I'm pretty sure everybody in the world knows who Barry Sanders is. When Barry Sanders got to the point when the game, when the game wasn't fun to him, what did he do? He walked away from it, you know, and people ask Barry Sanders to this day, like, would you have done anything different? And his answer, you know, for most, uh, interviews and, and articles I've read is, no, I enjoyed the game while the game was fun. When the game stopped being fun, I walked away. Yeah, because that's, that's the day I'm it starts to. becoming
1: work, doesn't it? Like, it stops, mm-hmm. it st- stops becoming <clears> fun, it starts becoming work. And when you're in that position, especially especially in sports as well, because it is so, it's so demanding in so many different facets, like psychologically, physiologically, like socially the 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 restrictions that you have to put yourself through and especially at that young age like you're talking about like if you want to make it in the big leagues like it's like okay you went you ain't going out and seeing your friends the weekend because you're you're playing on a saturday and you're recovering on a sunday because you need to be back in the gym by monday to get ready to to do your s and c for the rest of the week and it's like no doubt Hey, yeah. like like, and a lot of people just aren't built like that. And I think especially now, like we're in a day and age where like this has kind of made it sexy to be in the gym, do you know what I mean? Like there are a lot of people in the gym that are just fronting, like 100% fronting. They don't want to be there. They're there because they want to put it on here that they're in there. They got their new Gymshark leggings set and they want to post it up there. And it's like, hey, if you are sat there and you're bitching and moaning and you're not enjoying it, don't be here. Go home. Like, yeah. Yeah. Th- there are so many other forms of fitness that you can do in, in, in 2020. Why are you wasting your time and, more importantly, taking up the space of people that want to be here doing so? Like, I think it's really important that people need to understand that if it doesn't work for you, that's
0: cool. Just go find something else. Do something else. Do something productive. There is so much and out to, there. And to piggyback off what you just said, there are some people who we who love it can help like there's yes. some people who are complaining from us from and they're complaining out of a space where I don't know what I'm doing yeah. I can get to where I'm trying to get to where you are but I don't know what I'm doing like those are the people you can help, cuz those are the people hey bro how about this try this try engage in your core a little bit more try doing this hey you might want to stretch your ankles or such, and such you know those are the people you can hit with a coaching tip or two or just give some advice and once they see progress they're going to love it just as much as you do but they're actually but then on the other hand you got the people who are just there because man i saw such and such on the ground, man. He got 100,000-some followers. He just got this sponsorship. So, hey, if I can do what he doing, I can get that same stuff. Those are the people that aren't going to last long in the gym. I've had so many people hit me up. Hey, man, how did you how did you get with SBD, man? Such um, and such, such and such. such, such. <laughs> uh, first, first off, um, you know, I didn't see – I didn't – when I got into powerlifting, I didn't. I, I. I didn't think I would do this long, because it's an expensive hobby to have, and you probably know this. Um,
1: yeah, diet, those grocery bills do pay
0: themselves. Whoo, like me and my wife, about to go to grocery shopping today, and you know, um, between the two of us, you know, I'm a 400 pound man. So <laughs> I have. I have to eat, um, and I we try my wife. You know, she. She's. Um, She's very, very conscious of what she puts in her body. So, in in you know, through us living together and cooking together, her she influences me to eat a little bit healthier. Like, like everybody knows, I'm, I'm a southern man. I'm from Alabama. Man, we love pork. We love bacon. We love sausage. We love all that. You know, my wife makes sure that you got one day a week to have pork, sir. I have pork on Saturday. <laughs> That's the only day I can have pork. You know because you know we we have a family we have plans but you we ain't gonna you know we're not going um, we're not going to be able to live our plans out if you're in the ground because you're not taking care of yourself so my wife she uh she makes sure I'm not you know eating a whole bunch of sugar or a whole bunch of pork, so you know we, we help each other and um you know that that's what you need you know if you're gonna make it long in any game you need a support system. Now, once again, I digress. But, you know, people ask me, what, what do you do to get with SBD? Well, dog, I, I made it a point to be the best at what I do. You know, nobody is going to put their name on you just because, you know, you have one or two good meets. You know, your thing, my thing has always been, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I try to make it a point. I want to be the best at what I do. And once I um I still don't think I'm the best. Even though a lot of people have, you know, a lot of different opinions. Um What makes you say that? What makes you
1: say that, that you don't think you're the best? I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about that.
0: Because I'm still driven. I still have goals. I still have things I want to accomplish. But can and you not
1: be the best and still have goals?
0: Yes. Uh yes, yes. I just I just never want to Get to a point of complacency. I always want to be in grind mode, and once I don't you think get you'll to, ever be
1: complacent, though, dude. I don't think you ever will be. Alive. You, I think you, it's you, just ingrained in you.
0: You'll be surprised, and I'm not saying I got complacent, but for a little mm. while, you know, you kind of, you kind of get to a point where you get reckless. Complacency can, complacency isn't always. Um, it's like I tell my players, complacency isn't always. A them with lazy because some people when they get complacent they don't train as hard I got reckless like I would go to the gym like let's say coach had me programmed to do like i'm I'm still working my bench me me and bench press we 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 had a bittersweet relationship so I'm working my bench and I want my bench to be bigger so let's say coach had me scripted to do uh 205 kilos which is 451 or 453 somewhere up in there let's say he has me programmed to do that for four by three well I need a bigger bench so I'm gonna go do seven by three. Well damn now I go up in there my elbow tendonitis is flaring up. Well your elbow hurts that's gonna affect your squat a little bit because you gotta lock you in on the bar and and that's the type of stuff I was doing. I got complacent from the point that I never wanted to I never wanted to slow down. And now that I'm a little bit older, I see sometimes you can accomplish more by doing less. It's just, you know, you have to have the knowledge and the experience to do it the right way. And that's what being in the game so long has taught me. And that's why I don't see myself at the best, because I still got stuff to do. I still got I see myself as the best when I'm the best at everything. When I'm the best across the board. When I got the biggest bench, biggest squat, biggest deadlift, biggest total. At that moment, okay, you're the best. But until then, we grind.
1: That's good. I like that. I like to hear that. That's 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 very, very appetizing. Now I'm 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 interested to get into this. So when you kind of go back to, you know, saying that you that you're reckless and, and what have you, and you kind of said that you're you're in that complacent phase is that reflected in stuff that's going on outside of the gym because i feel like this is the other thing that people don't take into consideration is that i think you know performances and what people put into camps leading up to things is directly reflected in, in everything that happens outside of it and as a sports person you have at any one time so many different plates that you're spinning and the stress can be incredibly overwhelming. So like, I, I love the fact that you talk about now, like, uh, you know, you and your wife are very much on, on the same wavelength and the, that you understand each other's needs in the sense that you're creating the time for each other because you respect that each other needs that. And that in and of itself is very, very rare to find. And that sounds like a, uh, a much more productive <coughs> and cohesive environment for you to excel in. So when, when you were going through this, the, the this, this phase was there lots of stress and stuff that that was bugging you down That was that was screwing with you or was it just literally like it had just got into your head
0: um uh yeah uh let's rewind the clock let's go back to sweden world's last uh was it last no yeah last 2019 year. yeah in, in sweden all right um leading up to sweden um there was a lot going on and I had a lot on my plate, but that had nothing to do with me bombing out at worlds. And there's a gentleman who felt the need to, um, put some stuff out on YouTube. Um, I'm not going to mention this person's name, but I just want this person to know that, um, They touch some they touch some subjects that you, you if you don't know a man, if you've never had a conversation with a person, if you if you don't if it's some stuff you don't speak on.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent.
0: And this person went there. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people buy into that garbage. Um well A lifter, a a very known, notable lifter, he got popped. And I guess, you know, Ray Williams got scared, so he got off steroids right before Worlds. That is the dumbest, (laughs) dumbest (laughs) thing ever. (laughs) Because if if this person truly knew me and truly followed me, they would have known that a week before Worlds, a week, Ray Williams was at Rogue headquarters in Columbus, Ohio, he squatted a thousand sixty-three at Rogue headquarters. Yeah. The week before. Yeah. So you mean to tell me in a week's time? Ray got off steroids a week ago, right before uh World World uh right before the World Championship. And he squatted a thousand sixty three, which is like, I don't know, what, 30, 40 forty pound? 30-some pounds, shot of 1,100, which was his goal at Worlds. Okay. All right. So that, that, that's, 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 that's one point. The second point is, hmm, you know, you get food poisoning. That that kind of affects hydration. That affects how you sleep. That affects a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, drastically. And like then not drastically. to
0: mention, when I got back and I found out that I had food poison, I also found out that I had strep throat. I don't know if that plays into anything, but, you know, like I was very sick when I went in to compete at Worlds. It had nothing to do with um, having a baby. It had nothing to do with being married. It had nothing to do with me being a student. It had nothing to do with none of that. This is a dude who is fishing for YouTube views, likes, and subscribers. And I congratulate him. He did a good job. Uh, But I also congratulate him in picking the right person to talk garbage about because um, (laughs) that that don't fly with me. Like, I (laughs) don't care who you are, what you do, what you feel like your purpose in this world is. Don't speak on my family. My family has nothing to do with powerlifting. My family has nothing to do with anything that's on your YouTube page. That was personal. I took that as a shot. And like I said um, last week, he did a great job at pissing off somebody that's already very, very motivated.
1: (laughs) Which is uh, a deadly combination. That's a deadly combo, man. So, yeah. So in, in terms of kind of, you know, moving forward with everything, you've got Sweden out the way you've had a good length of time now where you know <clears throat> you've been isolated with your training you've been able to get on with what you're doing you're you're looking now and I think you've spoken about this recently as well like you are looking and feeling leaner than you have been especially cut coming into meets previously at the same time keeping the same strength which I think is it that's a uh, That's really, really exciting to see that, you know, it's, you know, people can't use the fact that it's like, okay, he's this huge guy. He's just, he's leaning into his levers. Yeah, okay, now you've dropped poundage. You're still putting up the same weights. It's like, I love that you just keep coming back. It's like, okay, what are you going to say now? Okay, okay, yeah, don't worry about it. Take off What are you going to say now? Okay. The hardest (laughs) part
0: is, you you touched on it, Um, the hardest part is losing body fat. Because it changes your leverages. Um, Big time. So, yeah, that that's pretty much why me and my coach have kind of settled into this little deal right now. Let's relearn our leverages. Let's take care of the, the little aches and pains. Everybody, I have piriformis. Um, I have tendonitis really bad in my elbow from football. So we're just taking this time to get healthy um get technically sound. That way once we do decide to jump into a real deal training cycle, we have no reason to slow down because that typically is what happens. You get in, bam, performance flares up and man, now I gotta slow down. Now I gotta deload Now I gotta stay at this same weight for a couple of weeks until it kinda subsides a little bit. But you know, we're we're trying to get ahead of the curb and the curve and just uh, enjoy being pain free for a little while. And it's like right now, nothing hurts, um, and it feels good. It feels good to be pain free for once.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's a huge topic to touch on is that being being in the position you're in, you know, when you're you're squatting the the load, the volume, when you're benching, when you're deadlifting just because of the fact that you need to have that progressive overload, you need to have that constant stimulus of being underweight to neurologically progress your strength training. It's hard because recoverability sucks because all the time you're just constantly pushing your body, pushing your body, pushing your body. Mm -hmm. And all these little things, like you said there, then start to creep through the woodwork and it becomes incredibly frustrating. I'm sure you can kind of speak on this psychologically, understanding that your musculature, your frame, everything is in the position that it can be in to achieve these loads. But all it takes is a tiny little nerve that's maybe inflamed that just switches everything off. And it's so hard. It's, it's kind of like you, you can reach, reach out and touch it, but there's just this really thin sheet of glass in between you and that goal. And it's like you're, you're ever just trying to get there. So how has that been for you, man? Because I know, know, you know, it's it it took you, was it the best part of six years to take the squat from 400 to like 480, 490, something like that, right? Mm
0: -hmm. It took me three years. I squatted 905 in 2012, and I didn't squat um, 1,000 until 2016. So, cool, you know, that kind of, that that should definitely put, no, it was 2013, it was three years, I'm sorry, it was three years. I squatted nine oh five in uh, Mobile, Alabama at the Alabama State Championships, and I didn't hit a thousand to Atlanta, Georgia Raw Nationals twenty sixteen. So, and a lot of that had to do with me having piriformis. Um, and for people who don't know, piriformis muscle is a small muscle located in your glute, deep in your glute. And oh yeah, that muscle is covered by. Thick muscle, like the gluteus maximus, and it, it, the maximus is a thick muscle, and it covers that. So to get to the piriformis, you have to get through a lot of muscle. So that's why, um, like, you know, as I get older, like, I got to find, I, I've got a good chiropractor. I've got several good people helping me um, from a chiropractic standpoint. It's just, you know, I haven't found a really good deep tissue person. Still looking for that person.
1: Um, hey man, I'm based in the UK, but I do it. And uh, you know, hey, I'm more than happy to get my elbow in, in your piriformis, man. I work with big, sweaty rugby players. I, I, I'm good, I'm good, I can handle that. If
0: you can take man, my elbow, I'll come over there tomorrow, dude. It's cool, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, like the first time I got dry needling for the mm. first time a couple of weeks ago. And when I tell you, for the rest of the day, I felt like I had been shot, but the next day when that muscle actually kind of reset itself, oh my God, I was, I was good for, you know, and, and that's just uh that's just the thing. You know, I just, I have to find other ways to, you know, to get ready for the platform other than, you know, the Theragun, my lacrosse balls, no, that, that's good stuff, yeah. but there's nothing like somebody who went to school to do this
1: yeah yeah a hundred percent now it's interesting because I think power like it, depending upon which powerlifter you speak to, they've really come from various different schools in terms of when it comes to you like Theragun, lacrosse ball, all these various different bits and pieces when you're coming into a session, are you doing any kind of like of that like self my release stuff going into sessions? is it to help with mobility is it on recovery days? when are you doing that, and do you do it regularly
0: um i own Everything at the house. Like I've got, uh, um, I've got the 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 complex unit, the tens unit. Yeah, I've man. got the, I've got the the one the portable ones that you can connect to your phone, the Bluetooth. I've got tens units. I we've got a couple of theraguns. Um, we took the Eddie Hall, the the buffer. We've got yeah. one of those. <laughs> Um, we've got foam rollers, we've got uh, what's the little thing called the psoas? We've got yeah, one of those, so right we've got yeah. Everything. everything, yeah, so right, so <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. We have everything at the house for recovery. Um, the thing is, I am still a meathead when it comes to the gym. I go to the gym, The music gets going, that pre workout <laughs> gets going. I do, I do the, I do the, you know, the quick little Jane find the stretch, you know. <laughs> okay, Let's go. Let's go. I'm loose, I'm loose, and then you end up after the workout, I'm like, damn, I didn't stretch at all. So you know, oh, be, man, it's 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 like I said, man. It's just something about being in there. Maybe I need to stretch before I get to the gym. But, um, yeah, but
1: before you get in the car, you just need to blast yourself at home because you know as soon know. as you step in, you plug that phone in, it's like, game over, that's it, uh, we're yeah. vibing, let's go, warm up says yeah. baby.
0: What's my first warm up? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I can I can get warm, I can get stretched through my warm up and, and that's what a lot of people think, I stretch while I warm up. No, that's not what happens. That's not what happens, like I found that out uh, the other day. I was doing leg extensions, and typically I do like a wall stretch. I stretch my ankles. I um, I do the little stretch where you lay on the ground, where well, you sit on the ground, and you put one leg in front of you and you lean into it to activate the glutes. Uh-huh. I was kind of in a time crunch, so I just hop straight on the leg uh, extension machine. I'm talking about my knees sounded like popcorn that first set. Like, no, I can't do this. No, more. I'm too old for this. <laughs>
1: It's all catching right. up with you,
0: man. Running, running yeah. all those suicides on, on the
1: on the pitch. That's it. It's Friday, no finally uh, Giving in.
0: Yeah, eight, ten years of cut blocks and all that. Yeah, it's catching up to you. <laughs> but like, this is the thing that I find find so fascinating. Like,
1: understanding what the body has to go through with American football. Okay, that unlike just joints, joints, and like your spine in general. There are so, so many possibilities for for stuff to go wrong. Then getting into powerlifting, the exact same thing again, like compression, all this stuff, destroying the meniscus, like super, super common. Even in like wrap lifters and equip lifters, and the rage just comes along and is casually like squatting over 400 kilos with like no sleeves, and then just chucks on a pair of sleeves and just destroys absolutely everything. And you're like...
0: Yeah, and that's that's something I, I don't understand. Um, like if you're an equipped lifter, you know, I, I understand, you know, there's pressure to, you know, show what you can do in sleeves. But, you know, like, like a lot of people like Ray, man, you should throw on wraps and a suit. I bet you hit 1,200, bro. Bruh, bruh. If you've ever had 1,000 pounds on your back, you don't want, you don't want 1,200 pounds on your back. Like, <laughs> you don't want that on your back. <laughs> like there's no there's no amount of spotters in the world that are gonna pull 1,200 pounds out of any man off any man if something goes wrong. Like 1,200 pounds is a lot of weight. I wouldn't feel comfortable squatting that type of weight, and uh, I know people like, well, your your goal is 500. That's a hundred pounds more than my goal. I wouldn't feel comfortable squatting that type of weight unless I was in a mono, and that's just the god honest truth. Yeah, it's
1: crazy. Like it. <laughs> And I, I don't think people pay, pay the respect it deserves when you're talking about kind of like scaling up. Like on that scale as well, like we, we, we talked about the fact that, you know, it took three years to put 90 kilos on there. Like three years to put 90 kilos on there, that's good going. That is a solid average increment every single month working up across those. A lot of people will never, ever, ever be able to put weight on their, their lifts at that same rate. Hey, even if they're taking stuff, even if they're on stuff, even if their their natural levels are at a thousand percent of it should be like that's just never gonna happen.
0: You can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. You're gonna start something. Don't say that. You can't say it's already been started, right? It's already you, been started. You, you can't you can't don't put you can't put that in the air that Ray Williams, who doesn't take anything, is out squatting people who take stuff. You gonna start something?
1: The, fire, the fire's burning, baby. The fire's burning. It's roaring. We don't care. We're gonna call yeah, it out. We're gonna say it how it is.
0: Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's not get into the whole the uh, <laughs> the, the the natty versus unnatty. Oh. Like that conversation makes me so sick because you got dudes out there like, well, bro, you take protein and creatine and pre-workout. You're not natty, bro. First of all. (laughs) I'm I'm a context person. Let's talk context. We're talking about powerlifting dude. So if we're talking about natty versus unnatty, I ain't talking about GNC supplements. I ain't talking about creatine
1: monohydrate.
0: No. I'm talking about stuff that was originally created. To make animals bigger. Like, yeah, like the stuff you take, bro. Number one, you can't buy the GNC. Number two, if you kind of do your research, bro, this stuff was developed and made to make horses bigger, not people. So yeah, miss me with all that. Miss me with the whole natty versus unnatty conversation. People who entertain that that whole conversation. Like, bro, if we're talking about anything strength-related, um, um, bodybuilding, powerlifting, strongman, anything, we're talking about steroids versus no steroids. We're not talking about people who take creatine, protein, pre-work. We ain't talking about that. Let's let's provide some context with what we're talking about. We're talking about steroids versus no steroids. That's what we're talking about. That That's the conversation. I, it 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 pains me to sit there and listen to people talk about well bro if you take protein that means you're not natty yeah That's but, not
1: what we're but, talking but, about. but 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 let's let's all face it if there is anyone that is saying that stuff 100% they probably can't squat body weight fact number 1 they probably don't have a profile picture number 2 their name is probably like Lady Killer, 999 xoxo
0: like, Yeah, 999OTX77. Uh, is... <laughs> yeah, like,
1: 100%. these are motherfuckers that will never even get to a national level. It's like these these people can't be chiming in. Ray Williams can't be listening to these people because these people are morons. They will never understand this. Ever,
0: ever, yeah, ever, we ever, don't, ever. We, ever. Don't, we don't pay attention to them, people. Like, people just don't understand what a random drug test! And then you got your 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 guys who they they constantly promote this 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 knowledge where there are certain things you can do to beat a drug test. That is very true, my brother. But how do you implement those plans when the drug testers show up randomly to your job, to your home, to your job, and to your home randomly? That means you have no idea when they're coming. Yeah. Like, I got drug tested last week, and the only reason I was able to, you know, make that test, because my wife heard the dog barking, and she was like, you might want to go check the door, because what if what if it's the drug test people? That, that's exactly what she said. So I opened the side door, and lo and behold, he came off our front porch and was like, hey, I was looking for you. There you go, drug tested. Like how how do you beat a random test? And it's not like they send me in the bathroom by myself. No, they go with you. Once they make contact, they don't leave your side.
1: Yeah, they're not allowed to. But, they have to witness you doing it legally and they have to document the fact that they've seen you do
0: it. Yeah. And it ain't like like dude, like like I said, <laughs> man, it's, it's I, just I just love seeing it.
1: how riled up it gets you, man. I
0: just, it's, shh just like, <laughs> we 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 don't we don't want to make them mad i love
1: that i love that i love that look i know you're a busy guy um so so we'll look to wrap it up here now i love to end the show the the same way with every guest because i think it kind of it brings a different standpoint a different view and everything so for a second i want you to imagine that you are stepping into a time machine okay when you step into that time machine you are taken back to you're like 10 11 12 years of age very very formative years of your life ahead of you you know, you've got so many things lined up ahead that you've already been through and you've already experienced and you've gathered the information that, that, that you, you know, wanted to take away from those scenarios and implement them in your life. You get to spend a few minutes with your younger self and you get to impart, you know, a bit of wisdom, maybe a mantra to live by, a way to help your younger self get through everything that you know that they're going to have to go through. In those moments, what do
0: you say? Well, I would... First, well, when I was younger, and you know, all my family—they know me. They call me Ray Ray. So, young Ray Ray, the day you came into this world, on a Tuesday, September the 16th, 1986, the day you were born, young man, God endowed you with one mouth and two ears to make it further, to make fewer mistakes. And to take advantage of a lot more opportunities that are put in front of you, talk less, listen more. That's why God gave you one mouth and two ears. That would be my advice to my younger self.
1: I love that. That is absolutely perfect. Yeah. I completely, completely agree with that. Ray, thank you so much for coming on board and doing this, man. It's been an absolute pleasure sitting down and having a chat with you. Super excited to see what happens when the world gets back to some, some normality. Super excited to see some world records broken again, man. Super excited to see some big numbers flying around. Everything's looking good. Everything's starting to look up again. Big times ahead, man. Thank you so much for being here.
0: I appreciate you having me, brother.